how we're going to spend that day, how we're going to face that day. Are we going to face it in fear? Are we going to face it in faith? That's really what it all comes down to, every day making a choice that no matter what comes into our life, we're going to trust God. We're going to trust the Word of God. Regardless of what we see, that's what I loved about Kristen's comment last week. I go, man, that was a great comment. When you think things are falling apart, God has it falling into place. And I'm glad she shared it again today because I love that comment. There's times in my life I felt like, man, this thing can't get more messed up. Be careful when you tell God that because it can, okay? But God, who is rich in mercy, always has a way of working all things together for our good. So I'm thankful for that. Now, last week, if you were here, we started a little series on being fishers of men, which is the song that we played. And if you remember, I, I brought out some of my fishing gear. We talked about how fishing can be a very expensive hobby. You can put a lot of money into a fishing boat. You can have a lot of money in your fishing gear, your rods, your reels, your lures, um, your, your clothing. Speaking of clothing, and no, I'm not doing a Superman here, but I just got to show you something because Danny, who is not here because prom was last night and he had a bunch of teenagers over at his house, uh, but somebody walked in last week and Danny owns a t-shirt uh, shop and um, somebody came in and ordered a bunch of these shirts. Okay, I'll show this side over here first. And so he made one because he goes, well, my pastor just started a series on fishing for men. Now, that's just God. You know, I think God has a sense of humor. You know, so I said, well, can I wear this shirt? Because this will be my everyday fishing shirt. This is my outside fishing shirt. But I'm going to, I thought, I've got to wear that. So we're going to be talking today about also being how to fish. Because we're going to be talking about the church and um, Peter. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about how God is, uh, Jesus is preaching and walking along the shore. And he sees two boats and Peter's boat there and Peter had just been fishing all night and had caught nothing and he's cleaning out his nets which is not a fun task to do if you've ever had to clean nets it's not a fun thing and Jesus comes in and says hey you know can I use your boat can you cast out a little I'd like to to speak to this crowd they're getting it's getting a little large and and so Peter allows him to come into his boat we also had talked about how Peter was kind of a part-time follower of Christ at this point Peter was a part-time follower and a full-time fisherman. After spending time with Christ and seeing the miracle of the, the nets just being loaded in, Peter has a, 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 an epiphany and he, he realizes, he goes, you're Christ, I'm a sinner, I don't even belong in the same boat with you. But at that point, that's when Christ became his full-time attention and not fishing. Last week's message summed up was, what is our full-time focus? Are we focused on our jobs? Are we focused on a person? Are we focused on our income? Are we focused on the, uh, the world, the government? Or are we focused on Christ? You see, our focus has to be on Christ. Because as long as our focus is not on Christ, nothing else is going to be working out for you. You can think you have the best uh, job in the world. There's always going to be somebody making more money. You can think you're the fastest runner. There's somebody that's going to run faster than you. You'll think you're the best singer. Well, Dino, we, we do. We think you're the best singer. But, but, and Stephen Cox, man, I, I told Stephen last week, I said, man, I am just such a huge fan of you guys. I, 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 I'd, I'd come to this church just to hear them sing. But, well, never mind. Okay, getting back on task. So what we're t 
talking about today, the passage we're about to go into, is about three years later, Christ has just been crucified, but has come back and spent about 40 days with the disciples. So they've been seeing him, but now he's not around. And, and you can kind of say, even as you're reading through the scriptures, you're seeing that there's a little bit of a depression in the disciples. And we're going to be picking up on this, uh, but there, it's been 40 days. Peter is kind of struggling with his faith. And let me tell you, just let me in, interject something. It's hard to wait. It's hard to wait on God. I, I, I can write book and chapter on that, okay? It's hard to wait on God. And when we're waiting on God for something that we know that God has promised us, man, our flesh will try to create its own way, its own excuses. We try to help God along. We try to do things. And you know, there's a real benefit of just waiting on God. And we don't like to wait. We get mad when we have to wait in a drive-thru. We get mad when our microwave is not working as fast as we think it should be microwaving. We just don't like waiting. But there are sometimes there's a benefit in waiting. And so Peter's struggling with his faith, and he's waiting on God to show them. And so the disciples have gone down to Galilee. Now, here's just a real interesting fact. If you just want to appear to your friends and coworkers, is real smart. Jesus' first minister, uh, miracle was in Cana, which is in Galilee. Jesus' last miracle is also in Galilee. It's kind of interesting. Look it up. Tell me what you think about it. But here we see that the disciples are down by the Galilee. They're kind of in a depressed mode. They have kind of are looking to, to Peter as their example. That's why it's important to have good leadership in your life because good leadership, whether it's in your campus, your work, your home, your neighborhood, our country, and Lord, let's pray for our country, whether we have good leadership or not, they will impact others. So everybody's kind of looking to Peter. And this is what the great man of God says in John 21, 12. Later by the Sea of Tiberias, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. And this is what happened. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other disciples of Jesus were together. They're in a waiting mode. They're there. They're trying to see what's happening. And they're waiting on God. They're waiting to hear. Now I'm going to tell you, waiting, when we've be been believing for something, is, is, is difficult. There may be some of you been praying for that their life would get straightened out with Christ. And it just hasn't been happening. You may have been waiting for a healing to take place. You've been standing on the scriptures. You've been praying. You've been doing everything you can. But you're still waiting on that healing. Maybe you're waiting on a job to come in. And they've said, hey, we're, you're, you're, you're top of the candidates. We're, just, we're taking a while to, to do the paperwork, but you're waiting on that. Or, or no doors are opening up for you. And in our flesh, there are some times that we want to ask, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus in this situation? Our family's falling apart. My jaw's falling apart. My life is falling apart. My health is falling apart. Where is Jesus? And that's exactly where the disciples are right now. Because there are times we have to put ourselves into the scriptures. Because these are men and women of God and the, and the word of God that are going through the same emotions that you and I do. We're reading about them, but they're at that moment saying, where's Jesus? Where is he? He was our leader. And now they're looking to Peter and they're saying, and this is where John 21, 3, Simon Peter said to the others, 
I'm going fishing. Okay? There's great leadership right there. Where, where are you guys going? Well, I'm going to Aldi's. I'm going to go over to El Chico's. I'm hungry. No, I'm going fishing. Here's great leadership. And they told him, we're going with you. Okay? Always watch what people are following you and not following Christ. They went out on a boat but didn't catch a thing that night. Now, I don't know about you, but Peter, if you've read the, the Gospels, his personality is he has to be doing something. I don't know if you've ever met anybody that is just not somebody who can sit still. They've always got to be out doing something, okay? They're, 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 they're just, they're, their motor is idling even when they're just sitting there trying to relax. Peter is this way. I've got to do something. It's better than doing nothing. So he decides he's going to go fishing. Now, why did he decide to go fishing? There are a lot of theories out there. One, maybe he needed to make some income. Maybe he said, okay, now that the Jesus gig is all up and <laughs> that didn't pan out the way I thought it was going to be, I'll go back to something else that I'm familiar with. You see, Jesus had given them orders to make disciples around the world. And they're probably feeling a little lost right now, saying, well, what do we do? So they go back to what they know, but that's not what God, God called them to do. And aren't we kind of the same way? When we don't know what to do, we always result back to what's comfortable. We do. I mean, when we go into a, a, a town, we try to stay at the same hotel that we've try, tried before because it's a known. Well, if it was a good experience. There's restaurants that we go back to because it's comfortable. We know that. It's, it's, it's a place of security for us. So they're doing the same thing. They're going back to something that's comfortable for them. So maybe they were going back to try to find some income. Maybe they were going back just to go out and think, to, to realize. But while they're thinking, they might as well be making some money. So the desire to retreat when things get rough wasn't totally wrong. It's just these guys had been called not to fish for fish anymore, but to fish for people. See, God called them and said, you will now catch men. You will be fishers of men. That's your purpose. Follow me. I will be your provision. Follow me. I will guide you. Follow me, and I will lead you, and I will open doors for you. But sometimes when we don't feel like God's moving as quickly as we think he should, we go back to our old ways. We go back into old relationships that we know aren't healthy. We go back into old habits that we know are destructive. We go back into an old mindset of saying, well, well maybe I need to take care of this. I, I, I shouldn't have put this out on faith. I, I need to do this. I'll make phone calls tomorrow. Jesus had given them a new purpose in life. And in reality, what they're doing is they were running from obedience. That's what they were doing here is they're running for obedience. They were called to trust him for their emotional, their physical, their financial needs. And what they're doing is they're going back to the fishing industry because that's going to take care of our financial needs. That's going to take care of our emotional needs. Nothing's better than bringing in a big fish. Maybe I can get happiness through that. Maybe work will make me happy. Maybe success will make me happy. I think being rich would make me happy. I'd like to try that third one, but I haven't allowed God to do that for me. So, But, you know, maybe this will do it. 
Maybe if I were thinner, I'd be happy. Maybe if I had more hair. Oh, going too personal here. Okay, maybe there's just things out there that we wish would happen in our lives, and once that happens, then we'll be happy. Happiness is something that's going to be inside of you because you have the joy of the Lord. Situations will always be changing in this world. In case you just woke up and you haven't lived a life up until this, situations change every day. Things that you thought were solid in one phone call, one email, one Twitter account can change your world. One, can I see you in my office for a few minutes? Oh, haven't we had that joy before? That's when you start praying. Oh, don't say you don't pray. Oh, now I'm, I'm like, you know, you're walking down that hallway quoting and burning incense. Yeah, now we get all religious. It's all about a relationship. It's not about religion. It's not about our works. God is not going to say, well, you know, I was going to have this guy fired, but he said such a good prayer down the hallway. I changed my mind. God has a plan and a purpose, okay? Just because you're freaking out doesn't mean that God's freaking out. I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to catch that. Just because your world is freaking out doesn't mean that God in his world is freaking out. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a way of turning bad things around for good. He's never early either. <laughs> But you know what? Maybe God is calling us to a new level. See, that's what was happening is he was calling the, the disciples to a new level. And all of a sudden he goes, okay, now it's, you guys are on your own. I'm out of here. And they freak out. Maybe God has called us to something that's a little bit bigger than we are. And we're freaking out. I'm not saying that maybe you're called to ministry, but maybe God's called you to a step of faith. Maybe God's asked you to give up something that's been very dear to you or very destructive to you. Maybe God's asking you to take a new level, and you're, instead of running to God, running from God. You see, we can run from God by doing nothing in obedience to Him. That was better than one come on. See, some of us think that doing nothing is okay when God's called us to do great and mighty things. So we can actually be running from God by doing nothing for God. Because he's saying, I want you to go. I want you to be. I want you to affect. And we're saying, I just want to sit and rock. Now, Cracker Barrel has great rockers, but you're not supposed to live there. They'll shoo you off in the evening, okay? Some of us just want to live at Cracker Barrel. I get my food. I get to rock. I get to watch I-20 go by. I'm happy. And God's saying, I got a lot more out for you than Cracker Barrel. Now I made somebody hungry, didn't I? Yeah, I thought so. They're running from Jesus, and that's going to lead to frustration. Running from Jesus is going to lead to frustration because these were experienced fishermen, okay? They've been following Christ for the last three years, but before that, that's how they made their living. And it's telling us in the passage that they fished all night, which meant they threw their nets into the water. They tightened the ropes. They brought the ropes back up. They're pulling it in. It's hard work. And they caught nothing. That's frustration. When you work and work and work and nothing happens, it's frustration. When we're trusting other things than Christ, we're going to have frustration. 
because alcohol will never fulfill you like Christ will. Prescription drugs will never ease the pain like Christ can. And some of us in the church are running from God while we're sitting still because we're not going forward the way that God wants us to go forward. Maybe God is asking us to forgive others, and we've chosen not to do that. Maybe God is asking us to commit more to him. He wants more of you. He wants more of your time than just a quick prayer in the morning or a parking lot when you can't find a parking space. Maybe he wants a deeper relationship with you because he's got some great things ahead for you. But I've got to make money. I've got to do this. I've got to pick up kids. I've got to drop kids off. And God's saying, I'm hungry for more of your time. Turn off American Idol. Turn off the voice. Pray. Spend time with God. Get in the Word. If you're not a reader, get the Bible on, on DVD or CD and listen to it. Fill your life with God's Word. It will change your attitudes. It will change your expectation. It will change the way you see things. You will see things now through God's eyes and not your eyes. The more that you have God in you and the less there is of you, the better that situation is. So God's asking us to do something. And if we're running from him, we can work. We can work 70, 80-hour weeks, and it's never going to make us happy. It's just going to be frustrating. We can try to do everything out there, but without Christ, it's nothing. So you have to ask yourself, why didn't they catch any fish? They're experienced fishermen. They knew where to fish, when to fish, how to fish. They've been doing this for many years. Why didn't they catch any fish that night? And maybe it was because Christ didn't want them to catch any fish yet. Because maybe he had a lesson for them. John 21, verses 4 and 5 says, As the sun was rising, Jesus stood on the shore, and the disciples didn't realize that it was Jesus. And Jesus asked them, Friends, haven't you caught any fish? Now here's also another miracle. Here's a fisherman that's really going to tell the truth. And they answered him and said, no, we haven't. <laughs> See, I haven't met a, lot, a whole lot of fishermen that tell the truth. How big was the fish? Oh, it was, yeah, it was this big. In the bucket, it's this big. But, uh, you know, my memory serves. That thing was huge. So Jesus calls out the disciples, and he's asking them a question that he already knows. Isn't that great that when God asks us a question, he already knows the answer? He's just willing to see if we're willing to be honest enough. See, sometimes we lie to ourselves. I don't know if you've ever done this, but we lie to ourselves because if we lie to ourselves, then we may think we might start feeling better. But God asks us a question, and in this case, Jesus is yelling us, hey, have you caught anything? Knowing that they haven't, setting them up for a great miracle, and they're like, no, we haven't caught anything. Now, they didn't recognize Jesus at the very beginning. And it could have been that, man, there was some morning fog, some mist, maybe the distance. Uh, there's a fire going on, so maybe Jesus is standing in the smoke. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they've been up fishing all night, and they're just ready to get back, and it's frustrating. If you're depressed before you go out fishing and you catch nothing all night, <laughs> it's going to get even worse. These guys, you, you almost feel for them, okay? Because it's like, man, Jesus is dead. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And 
Let's see. Peter has this great idea to go fishing. And you know, there had to been like, Peter, that was a great idea. And he's like, just, you guys just, or you're going to be sleeping with fish. You know, it's just, there's just this tenseness in the boat. And they catch nothing. And now somebody on the shore is saying, hey, did you catch anything? You know, Satan will sometimes send people into your life. So, hey, how's that healing coming along? Where's your breakthrough? I thought you were going to be CEO of this company by now. Focus on Jesus. Basically, what he's asking them is what you're doing working. Remember, they're running from Christ right now because they don't know what to do. They got a commission to go and to make disciples all around the world. And what do they do? They go back to something that's comfortable to them. I'm going to go move back with mom and dad because that's just comfortable. My little room's still there. Going into being something comfortable is not where God's calling you to be. So he's saying, is what you're doing working? And I'm going to ask us, as followers of Christ, is what we're doing working? Okay? In our lives, if there's frustration, if there's discouragement, there's times we have to reevaluate. There's times we have to have a timeout and say, God, I, I need a timeout because I am trying to do this. Is this your will? I am searching for this, God. Is this your will? Is this the timing, God, of this? Because some of us just have that go, 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 go mentality. And God's saying, wait, 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 wait. It's hard to dance with somebody when they're not in step with you. Have you noticed that? Or they're not even doing the same dance as you? Then you just look foolish out there, okay? Sometimes we just go, 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 go. And God's saying, evaluate. So if you're frustrated, discouraged, if you're spiritually starving, if you lack peace, joy, hope, then you might need to be open to a new suggestion. Because maybe God's saying, hey, is that working for you? And how many of us really, if God says, hey, is that working for you? Say, yeah, God, we're, we're perfect. So maybe we need to be open to a new suggestion. In John 21, 6, he said, he told them, throw the net out on the other side of the boat and you'll catch some fish. So they threw the net out and were, and were unable to pull it in because so many fish were in it. Now remember, they still didn't know who Jesus was on the, on the shore. There's just somebody yelling out to them about doing this. Let's think about this just for a minute. They're taking advice from somebody they don't know, and he's saying, don't fish on this side of the boat. Fish on this side of the boat. Now, how many are thinking, but fish go all around. That's not going to make any sense, God. I've done this before. And he said, just do it over here. They're probably at this point so mad and frustrated at Peter. <laughs> it's like, what do we got to lose, right? If we, we've caught nothing all night. If this guy says, throw it over here, we'll throw it over here. Now, it would have been different if they had known that it was Jesus, but they were open to a suggestion. And God's going to send people into your life saying, have you tried this? Pray about that. Say, God, is this the direction you want me to go? 
when your life falls down around you and you, you feel like your troubles sweep over you and you've tried everything and nothing is seeming to work, maybe we need to do it this way. And what is Jesus' way? Obedience. Even when it doesn't make sense in our minds, obedience. If God has called you, you stand firm in that calling. If God has promised you, you stand on that promise. You find the word of God, you get that scripture, you stand on that scripture, you write that scripture down, you repeat it throughout the day. Man, I got to tell you guys this whole week that one of your songs was running through my mind pretty much every day this week. And I had to just stay in worship. I kept singing that song, singing that song. And it was helping make change in my spirit because I was dealing with so many negative and heavy things this week. I had to spend time in worship and spend time with God. But Jesus wants to bless us even more than we already are if we'll take his words to heart. God is ready to bless us when he finds people that are willing to stand on his scriptures, declare his scriptures, because when you speak, things happen. You can speak negative or you can speak positive. You can speak fear or you can speak faith. But when you start speaking and declaring, you're speaking things into existence. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am the head and not the tail. I will lend and not borrow. See, these are the declarations that we have to make when our world is seemingly falling apart. Because there is a lot of fear already out there. So at this point, they just did what he, they did. And maybe God's calling you to do something. But before you're going to see the blessing on that, maybe there's some things in our lives we need to get rid of. Maybe there needs to be some repentance in our spirits. Maybe there's some things that we know that we have to confess and get rid of to God. You cannot hide things from God. He knows. He sees. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't take vacations. You don't catch him in an odd moment like, oh, got that one in before he saw it. No. You can fool your parents. You can fool your boss, but you're not fooling God. And he's willing and waiting for us to say, you know what, I've really messed this up, God, and I'm sorry. I've gone to somebody and said, you know what, I was a real fool, and I'm sorry. Maybe I spoke words to you that I shouldn't have said. I should have never sent that email. Will you forgive me? Now, if they don't choose to forgive you, that's between them and God, but you have to get that off of your shoulders. You have to get that out of your spirit. You have to allow God to deal with that situation. Repent, surrender, turn it over. It doesn't matter if you don't fully understand everything that's going on in your life. Jesus does. And that's, where he, he, that's why he knows where you need to be fishing. See, this whole time you've been dipping the net over here, and he's saying, that's not where I called you to be. That's not what I called you to do. Over here. But God, it's the same thing. All right. And then all of a sudden, the blessings start coming in. Wow, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of fun, God. I'm kind of enjoying life. Man, I, I've never experienced this much joy and this peace. I feel like I should go tell somebody about this. I'm feeling kind of powerful. Can I tell you that the church, I think, has been fishing on the wrong side of the boat for way too many years? And we're losing generations that don't believe in God, don't believe in Christ, don't believe in miracles, because they haven't seen it in our lives. And I believe that God is 
looking for remnants of people that says, you know what, whatever it asks, whatever you ask God, we'll fish out of the back of the boat, we'll fish to the front of the boat, wherever you want, God. We just want to be obedient to your calling. And Jesus will abundantly bless us if we'll obey him. John 21, 7, the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now, once again, Peter, always in overdrive, okay? He idles at 4,000 RPMs. He goes, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his clothes back on. That's got to be, a, never mind, I'm not even going to go there, okay? Because a lot of commentary said he was, he was naked. I don't want to fish with any guy that's naked. I don't want to fish with anybody that's naked. No offense, even to my family. But I, I mean, I'd rather just be out fishing, okay? So he throws clothes on, and he's jumping in the water. And it said he put his clothes back on that he had taken off and jumped into the seas. And I'm thinking in the back of his mind, you know what? This happened to me three years ago. That's got to be Jesus. This has Jesus written all over it. And what's cool for us is there are times when you are faithful and you see God's breakthrough, you start seeing God's signature on things. That is so God. That is so God. But you got to know him to recognize him. You got to remember his goodness and his faithfulness. We tend to forget the good things and we tend to hold on to the bad things. We hold on to offense. We hold on to disappointment. But we tend to forget the goodness, the faithfulness, the blessings. We don't recognize a lot of the things that God does for us. That delay that may have saved your life, that you're still mad about. That promotion you didn't get that could have ruined your marriage and family because of the demand, but you're, you're still bitter at the company because you didn't get that. Maybe we need to remember some of the good things. And I think what Peter's saying is, <laughs> this is Jesus because... I'm going to go, and I'm not waiting for you guys to drag this boat. And he jumps out, and he's already gone. So we talked we talk about this last week, and Peter recognized and the boat, the fish is coming in, and he couldn't wait. So in John 21, he says, The other disciples came with the boat and dragged the net full of fish, and they weren't far from the shore, only about 100 yards. But see, at this point, I think either Peter's dog paddling or he's able to walk because the water's not that deep, but he's not waiting. Sometimes we don't need to wait for other people to come to God. We need to go. Okay? Just because everybody's taking a long time, get out. If God says jump, run, whatever you need to do, I'd rather run to Jesus than anything else in this world. Well, everybody else is walking, Mark. This is, this is appropriate. This is a walking church. No, I will run in a walking church. As long as I'm running to God and not from God. Amen. As long as I'm running to God and not something man has built. As long as I'm running to God and not to man. You see, there are times when we run to the wrong thing. And we need to run to God. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing around you. Because there will be people that will want to walk to God. There will be people that are just crawling towards God. I want to run to God. So Peter's in the water. I got I to gotta appreciate his moxie. He's just, man, he's full out. He's like, guys, I'll see you later. And he's gone. He wanted more time with Jesus than anything else in this world. Aren't we kind of hungry for just more of God? I never want to be content. I never want to be content with God. 
John 21, 9. And when they went ashore, they saw a fire with a fish lying on the coals, and they saw a loaf of bread. Jesus wanted them next to bring some bread in, uh, some of the fish too. So in John 21, 10, it says, Jesus told them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. Now, one of the questions I have to ask is why did Jesus ask them to bring some of the fish that they just caught? He's already got fish. He's already got bread. First off, I want you to know that God is able to perform miracles without you and me. Okay? But he would love to perform miracles with you and me. When we're not willing, he'll send somebody else in to perform that miracle. And when he can't find somebody faithful, he'll do it himself. But his goal is to change our world through us. His, his goal is to change our families with our help. His goal is to change our country with our help. His goal is to change hurting people's lives with our help. That's what we're called to do, church, is to help change, disciple, save people. And he wants to do it with us. But there are times where he can do everything himself. So he's called them in and he asks them and he invites them to be a part of the plan. And he wants to see the changes in their life because he had told them, trust me for your emotional, your physical, and your financial well-being. And then he tells experienced fishermen how to fish so that they can have a breakthrough. So maybe God's telling you how to run your family. Maybe God's telling you how to work. Maybe God's telling you how to do your job. Maybe God's telling you how to live your life. Maybe some of us have said to God, I don't need your help. I can do this myself. I mean, come on, let's be realistic. I think all of us have said to God, I can do this. You take care of the big stuff, I'll take care of this. And that should change in about three minutes, three days, three weeks, three months, three years, 30 years. We realize we need him. Either way, he'll make it worth our while. He shows his faithfulness. In closing, if Jesus is leading us to do something that we're scared of or we're worried about, we need to let him show up and show off. And it may be doing something different than we're comfortable with. We may want to run back to our comfort zone. We may want to run back to a, a, a city or a town that we've lived in or, the, or a home that we've lived in, or go back to a job that's comfortable, or, or a relationship that we know is horrific, but we're aware of it. And that's not what God's calling us to do. He's calling us into new waters. He's asking us to reach those who are lost, to teach people the love of Christ, to show the love of Christ in our lives. You will preach more through your actions than you'll ever speak in your words. Your coworkers know that you're a follower of Christ. I hope they do. Your neighbors should know that you're a follower of Christ. Your family and extended family should know that you're a follower of Christ. And they're always watching. Are we following? Are we responding in love or are we responding in anger? Are we offering forgiveness or are we offering unforgiveness? 
And maybe God's calling us to go out and start sharing our faith, and that's scaring us. So we go back to what we do, which is nothing. And that's not what God's called us to do. Remember last week I said, the goal of a fisherman is to catch fish. The goal and the purpose of the church is to lead people and disciple people in Christ. And when you're not doing that, it's just foolishness and frustration. And I believe that God's calling us to be fishers of men, to sharing our faith with people. And there might be times we're doing it the wrong way and God's going to correct us. But he just doesn't want us sitting, waiting for something to happen. I've talked about this relationship with Christ. And as I close, I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer. And I'd love for everybody to say it, so you're not going to be the only one saying this prayer. But I want to give you an opportunity to say this prayer. And if you really mean it in your heart, if you're really tired of the way your life's been happening, if you're really tired of not having any happiness, if you're really tired of not having joy in your life, if you don't understand why things happen and you feel like you have no control, this is the time that you need to ask Christ into your heart. But that's just the beginning of a relationship. And that beginning of that relationship then grows when we start praying to God. Just telling Him, being honest with Him. God, this is where I hurt. This is where I'm still angry. Would you help me with my anger? Would you help me with my bitterness? Would you help me with my unforgiveness? Would you help me with my doubt? Would you help me with my fears? God loves when we're open and honest with Him. Because He knows we have these things, but we just don't want to confess it to Him. And as we start seeing Him move, we start giving Him thanks. We start watching what, changing maybe what we're watching, changing what we're listening to. We're starting to listen to music that's building us up and not tearing us down. We're starting to watch things in movies that we know, we may be sitting in a movie theater saying, I shouldn't be seeing this. This is not me anymore. Christ is in me and I, I just feel oh, this is horrible, then change. And it all starts with a very simple prayer, asking Christ into your heart. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, would you pray with me? If you say, hey, pastor, this is, I gave my life to Christ a long time ago, then you know what? Just ask, ask him to rededicate. Lord, can we have a new beginning, a new start, a do-over? Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved. Amen. If you said that for the very first time, tell somebody, hey, during that prayer, I really meant it. I really, I needed God to come into my life. I need change because I'm not handling things very well. Find people that will encourage you. Hang out with people that will encourage you who know more about God than you do and can help and lead and guide direct you. 
Spend time in his word. Start with the book of Romans. Go to the book of John. Read through Psalms, Proverbs. Gives you wisdom, peace. That's how we grow with Christ. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss, so if you'd please stand. I want to thank you all for coming out today. Last week, I, I asked you to do two things. I asked you to pray for our worship team. I want to continue to ask you to pray for our worship team. David Carlson's going to be needing surgery on an injury. Dino's needing healing in his body. See, when you're dealing with two things that is happening in your worship team in the same week, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual attack. And you've got to recognize it. And how do you fight? You fight spiritually through prayer. Our worship team has led us in beautiful worship. We need to be holding them up in prayer. Pray. If you think you won't remember, set a reminder on your phone. Yeah, every morning, 8.15, pray for the worship team. Pray for Pastor Mark and Kristen. Pray for, for the church. A lot's happening in the body of Christ right now. Heavier things than we've had to deal with. But we're still called to pray for them. Secondly, I ask you this week to take one of our church cards. Just one. They're back on the table. They're good looking. That's what the salesman told me. They're good looking. <laughs> Keep it with you. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your purse. Put it in your car. And ask God, would you show me somebody who needs to get this? And can I just invite him to church? By the way, Austin, Dino, Austin started wearing your... Ask me about my lake house. I know Danny wears his a lot. Yesterday, somebody says, so tell me about your lake house. He started telling him about his church. And he goes, well, I guess if I wear a shirt that says, ask me about it, people are going to ask me. But people want to know. They want to know why you're happy. They want to know why you love going to church. I want to challenge you again. Take a card. Share it. Because there are a lot of hurting people out there. So may the Lord bless you and protect you, and may the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming. I hope you have a very blessed Memorial Day.